This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. All right, so I want to give you a little bit of uh, the backstory. We talked with Jerrica Richardson last October. She, of course, is the Cobb County Commissioner who was sort of gerrymandered out of her district with still two years left to serve. Uh, we talked last segment a little bit about uh, the kerfuffle at the most recent uh, Cobb County meeting. Now, I want to play back a good bit of that interview with Jerrica so you can kind of get an idea of what's going on here. Could you imagine how conservatives would feel if a liberal-led Congress came down to a state and said, uh, your state legislature lines, we know we don't like that. We'd like it to represent our party more. Even though you're not a majority liberal state, we'd still like it. We're going we're gonna to give you new lines. That's actually what's happening at the state level to Cobb County. And this is a first. This has never happened in the state of Georgia. Now the county commission is looking to invoke home rule to clap back at the state legislature that is trying to redraw county commission lines, making one of their commissioners actually step down from office two years early because they want to redraw county lines that would remove her from serving the district she was elected to represent. That is happening right now in Cobb County, just north of Atlanta. Could you imagine if that happened at the federal level to a state? I've, first of all, never understood why conservatives squeal like pigs when the federal government wants to come down to a state level and try to make things right, as of course the federal government did when they integrated schools and, well, okay, so maybe that's the problem. Hmm. It's always federal overreach that tends to pull the leash back on white supremacy. Hmm. But they don't make such noise when the state wants to come down and flex its muscle at the county level. I mean, we just enacted a voting law, by the way, that will now have a state commission seated by the governor who could overturn election results at the county or local level. Where's the conservative outrage about that overreach? There is none because they control the state. How convenient. Anyway, we're on with the commissioner who is kind of in this limbo state right now where she may have to step down if the state GOP gets their way, even though Cobb County is a majority blue county now, has been since Hillary 2016, Hillary won that county. Stacey Abrams won it in 2018, Joe Biden won it in 2020. And yet the state GOP-led legislature would have you believe that a majority Republican county commission is what Cobb County should have. We're on with uh, Jerrica Richardson. By the way, I when you when you called through, it reminded me that you used to live in New Orleans. I too used to live in uh, Metairie, as a matter of fact, and then on uh, City 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 Park Drive, is it for a minute before? Very nice. I, yeah, I was there uh, pre Katrina, and then a little bit post Katrina, and then I got out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely understand that, and it's it's. I kind of have two homes, right? New right. Orleans, you, you can't, you can never let it go. So I still have the 504. Yeah, I don't um, blame you. Don't blame you there. Yeah, very familiar. Met, Metairie and Kenner area. No, wait, wait. So that, does that mean you're a Saints fan? <laughs> it does. 
<laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a great relationship between uh, I'll say New Orleans and uh, the greater New Orleans area, and certainly parts of Georgia. It's it's a, it's a very it's an interesting relationship. So it's so yeah, interesting. Always enjoy the Falcons versus Saints. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Y'all have enjoyed it a lot more than we have of late. But uh, and, and also because so many folks did relocate from Louisiana here after Katrina, yeah. there's always yeah. like a pretty sizable chunk of fans in the stands here in Atlanta who oh, are yeah. wearing black and gold. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, that that's it. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, um, uh, you know what? We'll overlook that that one little flaw that we see uh, in, in that one kink in your armor already. Jerick, I wanted to reach out to you because uh, as a commissioner in Cobb County, you guys uh, are... First of all, let me tell you this. I got educated here in the last week or so when I was reading up about the efforts by the state legislator to draw redraw lines at the Cobb County Commission level, at which point I was educating myself to that I didn't realize the state legislator had that kind of sway over every county in the state. That is yeah. <laughs> that is kind of crazy. That would be that would be like if, if we let the US Senate now, you know, held by Democrats by a slim margin, if we let them draw all the state congressional lines, people would flip out at the state level and, and, and scream federal overreach. But here at the state level, we have a Republican majority state legislator trying to draw lines at the county level, and we, we're okay with it. And in Cobb County's case, our county that has been not just trending blue, but voting blue for a while. Hillary won it in 2016. Stacey carried it in 2018. Joe Biden won it in 2020. It is, it's now a, a pretty blue county, and yet the Republican state legislator is trying to erase that at the local level. It's um, it's certainly been an, been an interesting time here in Cobb County, and um, you know the area that I do represent is is, is quite the mixture mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about its diversity in all the immeasurable ways, including political diversity. And so, um, after this past year's election, you know there was there was a certain um, I'll, I'll put it this way: there was a response mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that began to, to manifest in different ways on behalf of the state legislature, uh, from cityhood bills that the community did not ask for, down to the new commission maps, and um, it, it presented some very interesting scenarios for the county. Right. So, yeah, but they 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 have the they have the authority. Um, to draw the maps, and they do. They, they can draw them at any time um, for both the state legislature and the county commission. And because you represent county residents and you understand that the, the, the weight has shifted slightly blue in that county, how, how do you, as uh, an elected representative of the county or of a district in that county and the rest of those on that commission, how do you combat this obviously partisan... Uh, maneuver by the state legislature? Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, the way I look at it is it's, it's actually not a red or blue thing. That, that's how we work on this, mm-hmm. uh, on this topic. It's for people to realize and, and recognize that this is about what, what are the, what's the balance of power? Mm-hmm. What should the relationship between the state and the local government look like? Mm-hmm. And how does that manifest? Because at, at the local level, we're responsible for delivering critical services, 911, police, fire, right. um, economic development, the list goes on. And, and so as the county was presented with the map that, that, that was drawn for our area, 
it was about having a more realistic conversation that shied a little bit away from partisanship because the actors that decided to do this map represented not necessarily just the minority of the delegation, but a minority of, of the community's opinion it, that, that transcended political lines, mm-hmm. part, partisan lines. And so that's the approach that we've taken is it's a bigger conversation. It's not about red or blue and, and drawing lines should never be about red or blue. You're right. And, and here we are in 2022 having this argument about humans drawing lines on maps when, you know, we could let a computer program do this with a nonpartisan lens and we don't do it. I just don't understand how in the 21st century we aren't at that point yet where we just take this out of hands of people who have obvious biases. That's right. And the, the, the situation that we're presented here with in the county should be a canary in the coal mine. Yeah. It's the idea of when you let when when hyperpartisan politics plays a role within how we govern ourselves and how we operate, it puts us into constitutional quandaries. Mm-hmm. You know, the county is currently in a constitutional quandary. There are the the map that was passed forcing forcing me to resign two years early. Right, is short sighted because the repercussions reverberate around every corner of the state. And so until it's tackled in a way where everybody sees what role that they actually played in this, and until we excise hyperpartisanship from this process, yeah. we're going to see consequences that are going to be hard to manage. It goes beyond just representation. Representation, and you know, in this case, it's the nullification of voters. Yeah. It's a question of representation. It's all of those things. But think about what this looks like in the future. If anyone can be forced to resign at any time because of hyperpartisan reasons, that goes to how effective businesses can get their permits, how effectively they can get their permits, or whether or not a person can add something to their home. Everything becomes, everything at the local level becomes a target for partisanship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can even extrapolate this case, you know, to the, to the state and to the, to the federal level as well, when you, when you think about it. We don't. We don't do. We don't do this to Congress people. Yeah, it's a residency requirement that we have by charter, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean. Is when hyperpartisan politics is there, it blinds us to the real questions and considerations that we should bring into some very difficult conversations. Drafting a map is not the easiest thing to do. Right. <laughs> but if we don't do it collaboratively with the right mindset, and we have motivations that don't necessarily drive us towards what's the right outcome then we wind up with constitutional issues. We wind up with operational issues. It's a warning. To me, this also goes back to the argument uh, at, at, the, at the federal level about our electoral college and, you know, why, why we decided to, to cap it at a certain number. You know, the, the House of Representatives is capped at a certain number and has been for more than or for nearly 100 years. Uh, we're probably we've probably seen our representation diluted by a third at the congressional level since then, uh, our Supreme Court is stuck at a, uh, an arcane number that's not mentioned in the Constitution. We have 13 judicial districts, but only nine Supreme Court justices. It, th- these, are, these, are sort, these are the sort of questions that, that continue to come up, that partisanship stifles the conversation from an objective point of view. I, I would certainly agree. <laughs> that, that summary right there at the end, <laughs> partisan politics, it, it, it stifles. It stifles the proper conversation. It doesn't mean that, you know, what's being proposed is the right direction or, mm-hmm. or what have you, but it, 
it does mean that there's at least an opportunity to have a conversation and, and reaffirm whatever assumptions were made at the, at the beginning, if, if it is a reaffirmation. So in your mind, what is the most hopeful outcome that benefits uh, the county on the whole? The best outcome is always working together. When everyone decides, let's work for the good of our communities and to come together and have frank conversations and not conversations that um, have preconceived notions or ideas that are not based in fact. It's really when you have that, that focused effort to come together. And that's a part of why the county has selected to, inv- or has recommended to, to invoke home rule and why we are taking that vote and having that conversation as a board of commissioners, mm. because striking that balance of power and reaffirming reaffirming that check and balance is critical to making sure that there is real dialogue that occurs between the state and the local level. Right. And this is just one example of, of a recourse that can be done. But there's a reason why that provision was placed in the Constitution and that power was granted to the county. Mm. It was so that there could be a, a check and balance. Yeah. And so the same goes with line drawing. In this, in this case, like I said, this was a, a bit of, I mean, look, the truth is, this scenario has never happened before in the history of Georgia. Think about that. Yep. Georgia's been around for a minute. And, and, and there's, yeah, there's 159 counties. There's, there's no question. That 159 you, counties. Right. So hmm. it, it has to, it has to be established. It has, the dialogue has to occur, um, you know, this, this state is fantastic. It is, it, there's so many opportunities mm-hmm. that are ahead of us. We have so many blessings from a natural resource standpoint, mm-hmm. the people, um, the different opportunities, the amount of business that comes here, all of the things, the, the education, mm-hmm. <laughs> the quality of education that's offered. We've got a Why really, we we've got a first place NFL football team right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, it, the point is, is it's, why, why would we get in our own way? thousand percent. Stay focused on our community. Yeah. But I, do you not feel that there's, there, there's a sense of emboldenment on the right where, uh, like right now we have a new, a new election law that has a, a commission blindly, appo- just partisanly appointed by a governor, that a commission now, an election commission, can override results at the county or local level. There just seems to be this, this sense of emboldenment right now. No, I, I'm certainly concerned about the future and sustainability of our representative democracy. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes an engaged community. But we have some things that work against us today. Mm-hmm. And those things are, you know, misinformation, yes. disinformation, things that get injected into communities to try to divide yeah. and, and say there's, there's something different between you and your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And the more that we allow that to enter into our space and into our minds and the more we interact with that, with those narratives, the harder it is for us to be able to sustain all of the principles that, that this, this country is founded on. Jerry, I want to thank you for calling me and being on the show. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with us. And we wish you all the best navigating through this, uh, this, this map redrawing kerfuffle that's going yeah. on. And again, I, I, I speak to conservatives all the time when I ask, why are you concerned about federal overreach and less concerned about state overreach? And it only has to do with who's in control. That's right. Yep. That's right. Jerrica Richardson right. with local control. Yep. <laughs> Jerrica Richardson with the Cobb County Commission. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. Bye. Again, we're looking to have uh, Lisa Cupid Cobb County Commission chair on to give us an update. There's been a lot of legal maneuvering since then, and 
Hence the confusion about, is the Cobb County Commission even a legal governing body right now? I'm hoping she joins us tomorrow. Fingers crossed.